Hey, welcome to Journey to Truth Podcast. Tonight we have on Kate Buckley from the Kate Awakening. Uh, Kate started a YouTube channel about a year ago, or less than a year ago, correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's amazing. You're already up to over 8,000 subscribers, which is yeah. incredible for that short amount of time. Uh, I so, can't believe it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, she touches on anything, current updates, Q, the Great Awakening, all the above, Ascension. And I think it's interesting that you just recently uh, had your awakening, I guess. And then yep. right off the bat, you're just like one of the right, right on the front lines of it. So uh, you just want to tell us a little bit about like how all that just happened so quickly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my awakening experience happened really uh, when I found Q and that was February of 2018. So not too long ago and um i kind of just got it i just fell into it just actually the first thing i did was i researched um the stuff with john podesta and the dnc uh email dump and the wikileaks stuff so i went in and researched that for an entire weekend and came out the other side i literally didn't sleep this weekend i came out the other side and i was like now what I was in a really dark place and um, it just shook my whole world up. And luckily, I don't even know how or what I was searching for or what, but I found, I found out about Q. And then uh, again, still just like, I just have been going nonstop, just fell really deep into that. I would say that uh, prior to finding out, prior to starting all of this particular research, I was kind of open-minded about things um uh kind of into politics a little bit and then also the spiritual side of things i remember reading uh the book of uh the, the uh, book what is it the law of one <laughs> when i was younger but i didn't really get it i actually read it a couple times and then when it started to come back around and i started to research the uh spiritual aspect of q and all of that that came back up i reread it it just blew my mind it touched me in a way that it, I, it just didn't the first couple times I read it and I felt very activated but wasn't sure what to do with it and I was watching a couple other youtubers like Jordan Sather and uh you know I found the edge of wonder guys and uh praying medic I was listening to him um and so I ended up just deciding that starting a YouTube channel was what I needed to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been weird. I feel like, um, I feel like it's, uh, that's not me, is it? No. It's Tyler. No, so this, this stupid I, this stupid MacBook is connected to my iPhone and I forgot to disc, when I get a text, it comes through on here, sorry. It's so funny because as, as you were getting messages, I'm watching things like scroll on my phone too. And I'm like, I oh got, I hope they can't see that. Um, so anyway, so anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, it's been very interesting getting into all of this. My life is so different from what it was even two years ago. Yeah. And it, it takes a lot of confidence just to even put yourself out there like that. Yeah, um, maybe confidence or just a lack of um shame <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
when we started this podcast, it was audio only because like neither of us were ready to do video. We're like, yeah, we weren't comfortable just, with video at the time. We're like, in the yeah. background, yeah. But yeah, and it just kind of like quickly morphed into <laughs> video. We're like, all right, I guess we're doing video now. Definitely, that crossed my mind. It would have been a lot easier to do and uh, a lot safer to do, but also. Um, I kind of felt like it was an important element for people to be able to see my face and hear my voice and get an idea for me as a person because part of what I think we're battling in this is the stigma that comes along with people that look into these kinds of things, whether it's aliens or the spirituality or, um, or even certain political you know, affiliations. People have one idea of what those people look like, act like, are. Um, conspiracy theorists, if you if you will. So I kind of felt like uh, I don't really fit into those stereotypes, and so it was a good thing for people to you know start loosening up on their ideas of you know these things. Yeah, well, and you have a really awesome take on all of it. You you la- you lay it out in a way that's digestible and it's easy for people to you know take in. Uh, I just you know I only recently. Uh, discovered you through uh, Ben and Rob. Rob actually <laughs> sent me a message saying, hey, you need to check this out. I have this growing podcast. And <laughs> and I started watching, you know, your videos and stuff. And I was like, wow, how did I not even, how did I miss this? You know? Cause, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's because I wasn't out. I just didn't exist, you know? Yeah. Which is funny yeah. because uh, there's a lot of skepticism, even just within the community. People want to know, about you before they'll really listen to you or you know before they'll before they'll connect themselves to you or work with you or whatever and it makes sense because we don't you know there are people that will try to infiltrate uh but the thing is is that most of us kind of came out of nowhere because a lot of us have been just kind of if you want to call it activated recently it's not like most of us sitting out there doing this have 20 years of experience along the same lines that's actually very rare when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah. we had no idea we would ever be doing this stuff, but we're compelled. Like there's something pulling us as a magnet, you know? Right, exactly. If you would have told me two years ago that I would have had a YouTube channel, I would have just been like, yeah, that's... <laughs> like, a good one, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, same, same here. If you would have been like, hey, you're gonna be doing a podcast and a YouTube channel. Right. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. But With another nowadays, guy that lives in your hometown, I would have been like, ha ha Yeah. Funny. Right. I was so isolated for five years just looking into this stuff. I had no one to talk to about it. That's but amazing. I, and that's the common That's the common thing that I hear. I mean, uh, I feel fortunate that I kind of had a very uh, rapid awakening process and that it was during a time that there are literally hundreds of thousands of people out there doing the same thing. So the communities were finding each other and, and we are meeting each other and it's not as lonely, but I, you know, I do talk to people that, you know, red pilled in 2001 or even before that. And that must've been so lonely. Oh man. I'm, yeah. Cause there was no, there were no platforms like this around. Even, even the internet back then was nowhere near, you didn't have all the social media sites like Facebook and everything. Exactly. So even just connecting online was so much harder. You had to go to like forums, basically. Right. That, like David Wilcock, that's how he got involved. He said back in, I think, 96, he was like 
back when you know hardly anyone had even had the internet yeah he, he was on a forum like reading and posting way back then and uh yeah and it's funny because it's like man it's only been in the last like 10 years or maybe a little over 10 years that like facebook's even been super widespread and uh before that you know myspace so i guess it would have been myspace <laughs> exactly or whatever else yeah MySpace um, is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I miss MySpace. I liked MySpace so much. I remember when everyone moved to Facebook and I was like, no, don't leave oh, MySpace. I was the same one. <laughs> <laughs> was it was like, so no. much better. Maybe, Maybe there was a part of us that just sensed the evil that was Facebook. You know? Yeah. Do you remember when do you remember when MySpace tried to make a comeback for a little short? <laughs> I do. Yeah. There were actually like commercials on TV for it and stuff. They really had like a push. And, I don't uh, remember commercials. That's all. Awesome. Everyone's like, nah. <laughs> I do because I couldn't believe I was seeing a commercial for MySpace after it had already died. Yeah. 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 Still to this day, I do not know how to use Facebook. I, when I was on MySpace, like I could rearrange my profile. I mean, like I felt like a computer, you know, hacker. Cause I was like, <laughs> I can do every, I, I figured out how to do everything on MySpace and then moved to Facebook. And I just literally, I still go on there and I feel like, you know, my 71 year old mother who's like, I, my, my computer doesn't have that button. I'm like mom. <laughs> Your computer would be the only one in the world that didn't have that button. I don't see that button. <laughs> That's me on Facebook. Oh, nice. <laughs> what All right, so let's take this, talking about uh, social media, uh, let's talk about this interview you did with uh, Zach Voorhees, because that is some fascinating stuff. With that going on and all this um, Mac Gislaine Maxwell, however you say her name. Yeah. Uh, with all this stuff happening, like I was listening to your live and listening to this interview. I'm like, we are, I'm listening to the plot of a movie. This is stuff that happens in movies. Right. It, it is really, it's fascinating. I can't believe like, uh, like the Gislaine Maxwell stuff, the photograph, like you, you were talking about how this is like their way of communicating, the deep state's way of communicating with each other. Uh, this like how the mafia did it, you know, through newspaper or newspaper articles and stuff. So it's exactly. just, it's crazy. It's like going back and they're going back to like Morse code technology just to get their messages across. Messages across. It is, it's wild. And a lot of this stuff, you know, is just out of a plot for a movie. But I think part of that is because I think that they put stuff like this in movies on purpose to so that if ever it came out one day, people would be like, you know, it's just another reason to disbelieve all of it. But I do think that their communications with each other, all of these bad, what, whatever you want to call them, the cabal, the bad actors, black hats, that their communications have been cut off. And uh, it is very much like a mafia. And if they were trying to get communication to each other or trying to talk to each other, I think that, I mean, there are so many bizarre tweets and things that you see from politicians that yeah. should, I don't know, maybe sound lucid and like they make sense. And yet they'll, there'll be these tweets that just make absolutely no sense. And um, it does seem like there's a lot of code, you know, these these pictures that just came out Somebody definitely wanted us to know that they weren't trying to hide the fact that these were just bizarre, you know? 
And I don't know if that's because um, they're just so used to being blatant and not getting caught or if they just are desperate and it, you know, this is, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's bizarre. I think it's the first one. I think they're just so used to being blatant about it. And, and I don't, I, I don't think they're as smart as a lot of people give them credit for. You know, they, they understand how to do things, but they, they're just, they're just putting themselves out there to get caught right now. It's like blowing up and blowing up in their faces. Everything they do is being used against them. Like they're biting their own, you know, yeah, well, they they're not used to being they're not used to being challenged or or threatened in any way, because you know for so many years they've been operating basically unchecked by the public. Exactly. For the most part, and now finally, all these people are starting to wake up to what's going on and and starting to look into them and what what they're involved with, and they're not at all used to that, so they're. <laughs> You know, that's why they're all, a lot of them are freaking out and they're, and they're being very sloppy because they don't know how to like hide it well, you know, so. Sloppy was the word, exact word I was going to use. They've just been sloppy because they never thought that, you know, there's the whole thing. They never thought she would lose. Yeah, that's a great example. They they never thought that they were going to be in a position where they weren't just complete, so powerful that they were untouchable. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, the other element that is good for us and bad for them is that what's that other saying? There's no, uh, there's no honor amongst thieves. Mm -hmm. These are bad people. They are, they are held together by, by things that are nefarious. And these are people that will have no love between them. They will throw each other under the bus in a heartbeat. And so I think that we will start to see some of that. um, And I hope so. Yeah. Well, like they're so used to hiding things in plain sight. That's what they did for a long time. And now it's in the, it's in plain sight and we're seeing where people are noticing it now. It's not so symbolic. It's, you know, before it was just like symbolic and occult symbolism and we didn't pick up on it, but now it's just obvious. Things are changing. People are changing. You know, it, it's kind of yeah. end game form, you know? I mean, if you think about it, the internet's really been the catalyst behind all of this, behind the awakening, in my opinion, because if you think about it before, before everyone was online or had access to the internet, what, what, how did you figure out what's going on in the world mainstream media news you know news radio maybe tv magazines that's about it right exactly (laughs) you had no choice but to get your information through these avenues and word of mouth and that and i mean so you might you had awakened people but their reach of reaching out to people was very very limited and you know very slow and just so much harder to to get this information out there if you could write a book but you know then somebody has to read it and buy it or you know it's just it was they so even much own harder. the publishers they even own the publishers exactly you know? and they own and the media they own the they own the board of education so everything. even exactly so they kind of had all the channels blocked and then the internet becomes a widespread thing and suddenly it becomes much more harder for them to 
they'd have to censor the whole internet and that'd be way too obvious, right? You know? And that's right. when Google that's when Google happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They figured out a way to do that. And I'm sure it was happening even before Google, but you know, with when Google it just be it just became so obvious with Google and things like that and YouTube and Yeah, but they weren't threat they weren't threatened back then. Like yeah, and especially once social media gets popular and then everyone's getting censored on social media, it becomes so obvious and people start waking up and like, hey, this is happening. And then, yeah. you know, but they, they saw it was, things were spreading too quickly. People were waking up too fast. They're like, we got to, they basically panicked. And from that, they kind of like overstepped, you know, their like safety of not being noticed by either, you know, the majority of people. And, um, yeah, you know, so, it's just sped up everything really is all it's done. Right. So, so tell us what your take was from your interview with, uh, Zach Voorhees. Well, I was just really impressed with him as a human being. You know, he did not have any political motivation for any of this. He literally saw what they were doing. He was sitting in a cushy job making $260,000 a year. He could have just kept his mouth shut and collected his paycheck for, you know, until he retired. And, uh, but he didn't do that. He literally, he put his job on the line, but more importantly than that, he literally put his life on the line and to get this information out there. Well, yeah, and, any whistleblower does essentially. Right. But Right. I mean, even just even just the uh, character assassination that they will do to somebody to make them look crazy uh, is is terrifying. And, you know, he got swatted. They sent the SWAT team out to his house and said that he was a danger to himself and others, which was just absolutely ridiculous. And uh, but without whistleblowers, think about what little we would know. I mean, yeah. we have the Internet and and everything, but but most of this really important com uh, information comes from insiders who break free and get this stuff to us. Yeah. So we've got little snippets here and there. And from those things, we can start to put this big picture together and figure out what's going on. But without those, who knows how much longer we would have been in the dark? How, how are we ever going to figure this stuff out? It's so crazy. What, what is actually happening in our world is so crazy your logic would never go there on its own. You need this little, these proofs mm. here and well, there. Well, whistleblowers are responsible for the awakening of most people. I mean, yeah. Otherwise, that's the information they have is that life-changing moment, that aha moment. You're like, oh my God. And it makes so much sense whenever you put, put it all together. Yeah. The, big, the biggest thing that shocked me was how he was assigned to uh eliminate that word from the dictionary to that trump used in his tweet to make him sound crazy like that word never existed right what word so, what was that is like an arabic word or something yeah i believe it's an arabic word and it's kofefe or i don't know how you pronounce that's, it but that's what i thought it was -E yeah. yeah and um apparently he had said on another interview that he did that he it wasn't he wasn't tasked with it specifically but somebody he knew was and so he okay. was seeing that he was tasked with something else but um yeah they literally the the task was to delete this word from the arabic dictionary so that just in order to make the president look crazy and his followers look crazy because 
essentially what happened was the the president tweeted something like uh despite the negative, negative press, press or whatever Kofi so yeah. Uh, what it means is I, um, I will stand up or something like that in Arabic. So it makes perfect sense if you go and you look up that word and you can find it in Arabic and what it means, but they are erasing, um, you know, this is why book burning was, was terribly bad. You cannot just make things go away because, they, because you don't like them. It's important for all of us to um, That's be able to look up. things up. Straight out of 1984. Like exactly. Unity, getting yeah, rid exactly. of words so you can't, yeah. You don't. Exactly. And I think that there are even people that are, that hate Trump so much that they will overlook something so blatantly awful like that and just be like, well, it's for the greater good. I think oh, people yeah. are so brainwashed in their hatred for him that they are ignoring these major red flags of things that, just overreaches of power and and things like that it's incredibly dangerous yeah that and the other um the other thing he said was you know they they take real truthful news headlines news articles and they are put them in a fake news category on google so when you google fake news it'll it'll bring up certain uh, articles, certain news stories, as fake news, like Hillary Clinton selling the uh, uh, weapons to ISIS and, and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and that just throws throws things off even more. And it's mind control. It really is. It's a form of mind control. Absolutely. Any yeah, conspiracy I've... topic you Google, the f basically the whole first page will be all the ding debunking it all the articles that oh it's a crazy conspiracy debunked and if and if you really want to have fun with it google zach Voorhees, the, uh -oh. the google whistleblower it's it's just it's funny because they're just immediately bashing him and saying that he's making up lies and it's not you know yeah conspiracy of theorist and all that stuff of course. What are what are they going to do? Report on themselves? They're, they're yeah, never yeah, going to do that. Exactly. And I always find it funny too that no matter what I would Google, Snopes would be one of the first websites yeah. that would pop up. And yep. if you look into the like, Snopes came from just this like they were like uh, two you know LARPers that would go to like medieval time you know <laughs> festivals and like yeah, yeah Renaissance festivals right yeah. they probably like sit in their house listening to green sleeves these people have absolutely no background in uh in investigation or anything mm -hmm. like that they're just running this thing out of their apartment and um they, they, suddenly they became the holy grail of what's true or not they're suddenly it's, the authority on what's true and what's not Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Well, and nobody looks into how any of these, not nobody, but lot, most people don't look into how these platforms originate, where they started from. Like mm -hmm. Google, like, like, what made Google the authority? What made Snopes the authority? We just were programmed to take it all for granted. We just take it, take it for granted. You know, it's just like, yeah. Oh, and like you mentioned the other night, where did the term just Google it? Like, how did that enter in the subconscious of everybody? Exactly. It's not look it up or research it. It's Google it. Google it. Exactly. Yeah. Like we have all fallen for that. We have all succumbed to that programming. You know, I think that even with Google and Facebook, 
I think even from the beginning, people were very, um, they kind of knew, especially with Facebook. I remember people being like, you know, I, there were people warning others that they were going to be selling your information and keeping your information and all of that stuff. But I think there is a, um, a part of the human psyche that just will go along with things if everybody else is, because they're like, well, if it was really that bad, then not, then everybody wouldn't be on it. So yeah. yeah, they're probably stealing my information, but what are they interested in me for anyway? People think about uh, them, them harvesting their, their information, like, oh, they're going to use it to blackmail me. That's not the only thing that people can use your information for. They can create an actual profile of you and uh, sell your identity or, um, I mean, just the surveillance of any human being, we should be completely up in arms over and never think that that's okay. You know, imagine somebody putting a camera in your house, you would have a very um, strong reaction to that. This is basically the same thing. Yeah, no they privacy. also use it as like a, they, they see our reactions and how we um, operate and they study our behavior on a mass level. And then they're like, all right, so this is what we can do to manipulate everyone basically and we know how they're right. going to react because we've been studying their behavior and you know what they get upset about what they post what they you know whatever and then they know exactly how to manipulate the masses yeah, and, they, and they use that same information you're talking about Aaron to uh write movie plots and and write movies mm -hmm. based on the mass consciousness based on the direction the behavior of the masses are go is going yeah that's interesting that's yeah, so crazy yeah it's uh, so gross <laughs> yeah well yeah there is no privacy you know it's like if you have a tv or a computer you know you're susceptible to any of this stuff as well totally like I, the I, best the best was that picture of Mark Zuckerberg and you can see that the camera on his, uh, on his computer was taped over. Taped over <laughs> yeah. You're like even Mark Zuckerberg. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like he knows. Yeah. yeah. When I'm done with the podcast, I shut my computer, I unplug the microphones, I unplug the speakers, I shut my Wi-Fi off and you know, at night I just make sure, uh, I, who knows, but, I've watched too many things, read too many articles, just, you know, even like, and, and like it turns out like having a home security system is actually worse than not having one. Uh, you're giving hackers, even yeah. if you like people are even hacking these smart refrigerators with TVs and there's cameras in those they can turn on. So even, yeah, even the, I was listening to this one hacker, he's, he got into like, the top of the line security system that no hacker was supposed to get into because he got in through their uh, smart refrigerator. So there's always a way, no matter how much you spend on this, if you have any technology in your house, they can get into it. And everyday people like us that aren't taking precaution, it's, it can happen, now is it? You know, are they really spying on you? Who knows, but right. you know, it's, uh, there's a reason he had his camera taped. <laughs> in a way, yeah. I mean, it's not like just because, it's not like in order to spy on you, they actually have to have a physical human being sitting there like watching your every move. They're collecting this data. And if they ever decide to um, 
turn something against you, they have it all collected. They've got files probably on every single one of us and it's just sitting there. It's not, not probably they do. <laughs> yeah. But the great exactly. thing is, the great thing is though, is like, cause you know, the NSA with Snowden coming out as a whistleblower, like, Hey, they're collecting everyone's data all the time. Um, so originally like that was the cabal doing that, but then it got, it seemed like the NSA got taken over by the white hats and yeah. against the cabal. So now they are like, Hey, now we have all the stuff on you guys, all this data that, you know, we need to take you guys down. And that's, and it, it turns out what it seems like is that's why Snowden, they brought Snowden out as a whistleblower exactly. to try to take down the NSA and turn people against the NSA because yeah, it was all an inside job yeah because they're like oh crap we gotta now we gotta like take out the nsa so snowden was actually a deep state asset to yeah 100 percent. but you yeah. have to be you have to look at any anybody that gets a hollywood movie made for them that makes them the hero you gotta look yeah, at exactly. <laughs> a little bit why was why was that allowed to happen well it was it was very intentional yeah yeah, yeah the cia hired him to and you know to do their dirty work, essentially. Yeah. So people look at Snowden as a hero, and you know that's where false idols come I in. I mean, I thought he was at the time. I think most of us did at the time. Totally. Well, at one at some point, all of us are going to fall for some of this stuff. Yeah. You know? Right. There's no way you can have the like top of the line intuition and discernment at all times. It's like yeah. It's well, it's, I think that's an and it's an important element to all of this. When I when I crash landed into Q, I had to re-examine some of the people that I thought were heroes. I also had to re-examine some of the people that I thought were a-holes and I had to switch my opinion on those things. And it was very humbling, but it was a very important thing to learn how to do as a human being. Uh, I was duped. I was duped. I was I was one of those people that believed that 9-11 was what happened, what they told us happened. And yeah. um, I rallied behind George Bush afterwards. and was like, oh, you know, thank God we've got a patriotic president. Uh, I was completely taken. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So, it, but it's, the whole point is not that, um, you know, they want to paint us as people that will fall for anything. It's actually the total opposite of that. I was somebody that fell for, for anything before, and now my eyes are open and I, have the ability to re-examine the things I had really firm beliefs in. Um, but yeah, I was duped. That is a perfect example of anyone who's listening to this right now. If you're on the fence about stuff, exactly what she said, you have the open mind and you have to be able to look at the other side from a, from a different perspective. Right. Exactly what you did is what so many people need to do, you know, that, that and then that was essentially a breakdown of your ego to do that. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I was also not, a, not into Trump. I was, I was baffled when I saw that he was elected. I remember sitting there that night and just being like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? And I was kind of scared. And then I was, it was just so weird and I didn't get it at first. Um, but now I do. And so it's uh, people want to paint uh, Q followers as just, uh, you know, like the, the Daily Beast article was saying that these are people that just want to feel justified and they're looking for any reason to believe that Trump is, um, yeah. you know, important or whatever. And I was, that was not me. 
I didn't need him to be anything other than what he was. Um, I wanted him not to be evil, but I knew Hillary Clinton was evil. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, I, I viewed it as a yeah, I viewed it as a lesser of two evils situation. I'm like, okay, I don't like Trump, but definitely everybody, <laughs> everybody did because that's the picture they were painting for us. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and at the time, it wasn't as obvious that Trump was was in any way working with the alliance or you know he was just like a rich dude that has been around for a while and says crazy things right. <laughs> and, and it was kind of an asshole sometimes and you're like all right that sucks but it's way better than hillary who was like kills people and is like runs a, you know yeah. like no, is, there, is a crime like boss basically <laughs> and exactly uh, it, it's just like to me it's like anytime i saw people trying to make out hillary as a lesser of two evils i'm just like how i was just it baffled me i'm like clearly you haven't done your research on hillary clinton at all right and like, I, well, I, I got ridiculed her. just by that <laughs> by so many people i got ridiculed and and like yelled at by some my my bandmates and other people that were super like left-wing people because they thought trump was so bad even back then he was yeah. so bad aaron yeah what am I <laughs> but i'm just like hillary like how what <laughs> like you really you're not seeing this right it's funny yeah. it's just a testament to the mind control it's like so many people just have such a hard time breaking out of that you know totally what's interesting is i actually same way i hated him i actually fill out some petition going around the line to have him in peace. I couldn't, I was so, that's how I far on the other side of the fence I was. And what's, what's funny is my, my dad was ahead of the game. Like somehow he knew, like he, I remember him calling me the morning, the next morning when Trump was elected. He goes, I know you don't understand, you don't understand this, blah, blah, blah. But I just have this gut feeling like something really good is going to just happen. Like this, this is the best thing that could have possibly happened. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, yeah, right. You know, whatever you're duped, you know, they, they, uh, you're getting duped is how I felt. But, and then I started getting all this information and realized like, like somehow he saw it and I didn't, you know, way ahead of. Yeah. I think anybody that was kind of, paying attention I mean no matter what you knew that he was uh something that we had never had before and so anybody that had been watching just years of um nothing ever getting done even if it was like their guy in office they kind of had to admit that this was um that it was just like the same old, same old. And so I think even people that didn't like him were kind of excited by this idea of, well, this is going to be, no matter what, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> you know, No matter what, yeah. this is going to be a time in history. And, that's and exactly what a time it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I literally, exactly. it's, it's so crazy to think about all of the things that are coming together and you know, on my show, I talk most mostly just kind of about the day, day-to-day things and the political things because uh, I'm really staying on top of that. And it's harder to do the research on the spiritual stuff, especially when 
you are going to, you're not going to get everybody with that. You know, a lot of people out there that are still, they're still seeing these things, but they're still clutching to their religious beliefs or, um, or whatever it is. So I find it's easier just to stick with like the topics of the day. Um, but I totally forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> That'll happen. <laughs> but you were just telling us how that's what you focused on was, you know. Uh, yeah. As opposed to the spiritual side of things. Yeah. Think, oh, just to see how it's all coming together. I mean, really, when I started to learn about Q, I was like, okay, well, that's fascinating to think about this as a military operation to take these bad guys out. But really, when it came down to how deep that actually went, that part of the reason that these bad guys needed to be taken out is because they had been thwarting our, if you want to call it evolution, they had been thwarting things. I mean, think about how little we actually know about our universe and even our own human bodies. And this is directly connected to how much control these people have had and what they've allowed us to know, what they've allowed us to have access to. And then once you start going into that and, uh, you know, exploring the whole idea of extraterrestrials and that's really my, I mean, that was always probably the most interesting thing to me was the thought of ETs. And I had my own experience when I was younger too. So that might be another reason why I was open to uh, this kind of stuff. Once somebody has their own experience, it's kind of hard to tell them, you know, that stuff doesn't exist. Okay. Exactly. And and it's hard and it's hard for the experiencer to tell the other person that, you know, like it's hard. They're never going to understand where you're coming from unless they have that experience also. Some people, some people. Fully, uh, yeah. I didn't tell anybody. Uh, I didn't tell anybody for a long, long time, and then I only told my mom, and then I didn't tell anybody again for years and years, and then I finally told somebody, you know, last year, and then I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot that happened to me. That's so crazy. But does, you know, does, have you talked about this publicly before? Yeah, I actually did talk about it on, I think, on one of my lives. It came mm-hmm. up, and I was kind of like should I talk about this? Should I not mention it? Um, you know, there, I get a lot of messages from people that have a very, they are just 100% sure that aliens are demons, you know, that, that, that well, must my be parents. what they are. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your parents message me all the time. Can you tell them to stop? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll tell them to stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, but what I actually, it was a, it was a blue orb experience that I had. And the interesting thing to me about it was, I kept it to myself for so long and I never did any research into it because I didn't know that that was like an actual thing that a bunch of people had experienced. You know, I had heard of UFO experiences and abductions and little gray aliens. I didn't know what an orb was. And so I remember there was a woman on Oprah, her name was Sylvia Brown, I think. And she would go on there and talk about spiritual stuff and ghosts and things like that and she talked about how orbs were guardian angels so I was like okay well maybe it was a guardian angel I saw but it was last year when I was actually telling somebody and they kind of cut me off and they were like oh was it like this and did it feel like this and did you think about this and I was like yes yes (laughs) and so I'm glad that it happened that way because if I would have said it myself first and then they would have been like oh yeah I've heard about that before a lot of people experience I wouldn't have really believed it but it was them feeding it to me first and I knew they weren't just like going along with what I said it was everything that I experienced and it was interesting to know that 
there were so many others out there that had the same thing. So it, so it didn't even lead you to Corey Good's whole testimony about the blue orbs or did you, have you even gotten into any of that? So I know very little about Corey. The person that I was talking to at the time brought up Corey and they were like, you know, this, this guy talks about that a lot. And there are a lot of people in that community that, that talk about it, but I still have not, um, I still haven't done like a big, you know, I, I read David Wilcox's book and, um, and that was pretty awesome, but I still don't, I haven't. You need to binge watch. You just need to binge watch Cosmic Disclosure. I'm just gonna say I, that. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I you know. don't even have a choice. Once you watch the first episode, you're gonna be like addicted. Hooked, yeah. Because especially if you had that experience, something's gonna resonate within you. I know. I, I know it is because it, it happened to me, and I've seen a blue orb. I've had really? a blue orb experience. Um, but aside from that, just being an experiencer and just having being into the stuff you're into it's all going to resonate and you're going to start connecting dots like you never would have imagined. So. Uh, just one thing about that though. So the first season, maybe even the second season, Corey is, uh, he's very nervous on camera and he's very, he talks very slow. He's, he's very hard to watch, at least for me now, going back and watching those early seasons. Yeah. He did not want to be coming forward, but he oh, knew he was, he knew he had to, you know, it was one of those uncomfortable. Things. Yeah. And he talked very slow and it's just very, it's hard for me to watch um, and like stay focused on cause he talks so slow and he's so, I could tell he's so uncomfortable. Um, you know, and, it was like, and at the beginning he only, he's talking about the secret space program stuff and he doesn't get into the blue orbs or blue avians or Anchar until a little bit later on. Actually, no, in the very first episode he talks about the blue avian message. Does he really? Oh yeah, I believe me. I've watched it a couple. I don't times. remember that for some reason. I thought at, it came later at on. At the very end of it, no, he talks about it at the very end of that first mm. episode. Okay. So you guys are gonna think I'm long. really weird, but I I still have not even researched blue avians. I know that there's a connection between them. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I am like I'm not afraid to look into it. I don't know why I've kind of put that off, uh, like I have, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's not part of your mission, maybe. You know, what you're doing is focusing on something else. You might not. It right. Might... I. It's hard because there's so much going on at all times. It's hard to know what to focus on. I have a million different things and a million different books I'm reading. That's actually was my la last year was reading a ton of different books. Yeah. This year, it's been more keeping up with the current events because we're watching things unfold in real time. And I just feel like there isn't enough time for all of it. So I don't know what to put my focus on. I know. I, oh, I feel yeah. you there for sure. I totally hear you there. Like if I had my way, I would be, I would take a, I would take a week of vacation and just go somewhere and research uh, Tartaria. <laughs> That's like <laughs> nice. so fascinating to me. I got into it a little bit one night, just, again, didn't sleep and then never revisited it. Um, mostly because I'm like, I don't know if this is the kind of stuff I'm meant to be talking about. I, I still don't, I'm still just making it up as I go. I don't really know exactly what the goal of my YouTube channel is other than just to create this conversation with people and get their, get them to start looking at the things going on in, in the news and start seeing through it past what we're being given to like what's really going on but there's just so much it's literally it branches into every area of the universe <laughs> it's 
It does. Have yeah. you have you touched on uh, Greenland at all? The, the no. Greenland. No. So what's interesting about that is I didn't even realize anything was going on with Greenland until a couple of days ago. I was at work. I'm in construction. We just finished this hotel, and of course, and on every TV in the lobby is CNN. Anywhere you go, downtown St. Louis, every bar, everywhere is CNN on. Airports. Yeah. So I noticed them doing them. It was coverage of them flying over Greenland, uh, doing this mass coverage of this ice melting. Some something some something extremely warm is melting the ice and blah blah blah. And I just had this intuitive hit. These red flags started going off. So I took pictures of the TV screen. And I went to go make uh, a post on Drain the Truth's page about, I was gonna say, uh, eyes on Greenland, CNN's already working on their cover story. And right when I did that, somebody had posted something else about Greenland being a top secret military base uh, that is actually well known by many in the programs, but it's not known to the public. And there's, there's a chance of this ice melting, uncovering something, and there's like, uh, UFO, like some of the military craft like that we develop are coming from this base. Apparently Trump goes there and back, has visited there frequently before his presidency and still at one point Trump wanted to buy Greenland uh, for, for what reason, who knows. And then last year there was that asteroid explosion over Tool Island, uh, which is where this military base is supposed to uh, supposedly exist, which if that's really was an asteroid explosion, they say it was like an asteroid that came down and exploded in the atmosphere. But if if that's really the story or did something else happen at that base, they just, and that was the cover story. So something's going on in Greenland right now. And I don't know, I didn't even know any of that stuff I just told you until after I saw that thing on CNN and started looking into it. I was like, wow, man, I, <laughs> I can't believe I even picked up on that. Yeah. So CNN's, CNN's down there flying around trying to cover up something, taking footage, covering their ground, getting their ducks in a row for whatever, whatever might come out of Greenland. They're going to be like, no, we've already been there, done this, filmed it. This is what's happening. Mm -hmm. They definitely try to get out in front of things. Um, I'm looking right now at what was, I'm trying to remember what it was but there was a tweet i saw today some mainstream media trying to talk about like what uh so many in the animal kingdom uh are cannibals or practice cannibalism why is it such a taboo for humans like yeah. they're just getting out ahead of you know what are, are we going to find out that this was happening on jeffrey epstein's island and you know, this is so, oh, it was Newsweek. Cannibalism is found throughout the animal kingdom. So why is it the ulti ultimate taboo for humans? And then there was like all that, uh, you know, the how, the stories about blood uh, blood transfusions of younger people and older people can make you look useful or whatever. They're just yeah. prepping our subconsciouses for um, this kind of information to like, just, I don't know, just Trying to make it more more accepted and more yeah normalize it more in the public consciousness. So, right, because they know it's coming out. So they're like, we got to get ahead of this and start. Yeah, they did the and then, you know, pedophilia. They did the same thing. And they're like, 
They try to normalize it. Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, it's just a sexual orientation and you need to accept it. It's like, it's not a sexual orientation. No. Uh-uh. no. It's unbelievable. Like the yeah. headlines that I see these last couple of years, if they would have even printed these like eight years ago, people would have been like pitchforks yeah. <laughs> in hand, like storming their offices. Like how dare you put something like this out? And now it's just like, you see like three of these a day where it's just like, unbelievable yeah it's nuts my my favorite was some catholic priest or something like recently got uh busted for pedophilia and like he was questioned and he's and he was like essentially he was just like is that wrong like i is i didn't realize it was wrong to do that he like tried to play dumb and it just was so wasn't that the st louis arch bishop or something like that it might have been i think it was i do we look into so much stuff i look into so much stuff all the time i forget i remember it was yeah it was a st louis like archbishop and he was like oh i didn't know basically said you didn't know raping children was wrong yeah yeah he actually said that it was unbelievable actually unbelievable i'm like i I, was i was at a loss for words i was like yeah it was like it just shows you how numb we've all become because again if if you would have said that eight years ago he'd probably be dead (laughs) uh you know not that i'm condoning that kind of behavior but it's it's you know it's so gross absolutely but so (laughs) another thing about and, and this is uh there was an article that came out i think it was just today maybe yesterday or something that's going around right now on Facebook that you know all this stuff's coming out that's horrific and that you know everyone's we're all getting upset and I mean that's a natural response to it but at the same time we got to be careful not to let it take over and uh, become so focused on that that we we want revenge and and then we're not focusing on growing spiritually and on ourselves yeah our inner work Right, and then still have compassion for these people because, you know, we still. It's need true. It's true, and I, I definitely do feel that way. I definitely feel like it's uh, we're going to need a lot of um, clemency. We're going to need to be able to forgive, and yes. there are really only a couple things that, in my mind, I think that I could never forgive. And even if, even if. If I was a pedophile myself, I would know that it was time to set the reset button like hard. You know, there are just certain things that I don't think you can really come back from. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's almost like uh it's almost like a kindness to not tolerate certain things and yeah. to um Forgiveness yeah. does not mean say it's okay or that right. it's not wrong. That's not at all what forgive forgiveness means. You know, we need to we need to expose it very much so and condemn it and be like this is not okay. But we're we're not like don't get um, caught up in revenge and in like we need to be on the attack. You know, you you just need to process it in a healthy manner. Exactly, exactly. Both of those things are important: exposing it, dealing with it, and processing it in a healthy way and forgiveness and releasing your attachment to to it essentially so it's not because otherwise you're going to get so caught up in hatred and 
and anger that it's, you know, it's, that's going to be negatively affecting you. So that's the yeah. thing we, we definitely need to keep in mind and be careful of. So. Right. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard balance to at the same time realize oh, yeah. that there's just absolute evil in the world and then also like try to find harmony. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's not an easy design. thing, but yeah. Absolutely. No, I mean, that's, that's the one thing that we're all dealing with right now. And it's, and it's a test. We're all being tested, but like, you know, it's, um, I'm not trying to preach here, you know, life is a test and this is part of it. And there's lessons to be learned for all of us. And that's why we all have to go inward at the same time as making people aware, like you're doing is with your channel. Like you have to make people aware, but by doing that, you're, you're forcing them to question things. You're forcing them and you, you know, we're, it's just a big cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really kind of, especially because when, you know, like the whistleblower stuff, in order for us to really get to know, unless we've got video, you know, unless the Q team really is sitting on video evidence of all of this stuff, it maybe will take people that are whistleblowers and probably those people aren't allowed to, wouldn't have been allowed to be around unless they were participating. And in which case we do need to start looking at things and looking at people and realizing it's not, it's not as much what you did as what you are doing. If you are able to come out of that and, you know, realize it's wrong and expose it. I'm sure a lot of these people maybe um, have, done bad things um you know and i'm not even just talking with children you know like they might have they might have blackmailable evidence of them cheating on their wives or uh you know doing a bad business deal or something like that and then mm -hmm. they've got you know uh their hands are not clean so they're probably not super stoked about the idea of all of this stuff coming out and um, having their crimes exposed too but they're probably struggling with that like people need to know in order for us to fix this, but what are they going to think about what I've done? So. Yeah. And, well, and then, you know, they're not going to feel safe in public anymore after, because, you know, there's going to be some people that are going to want to hurt them, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you hence, know, that's. Yeah. Hence the yeah. suicides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I think that if we can restore trust trust in our justice system and, you know, our police force and things like that and really get the corruption out, there's no reason for us to have, like, vigilante justice. Um, as long as we're exposing these things, it should take care of itself in the proper way. And uh, it's not up to any of us on the street to, um, you know bring someone to justice in whatever way we think is the right way. Yes. So changing it up, hmm. have you guys seen the face in Antarctica yet? I was going to bring no. it up, actually. So what, do I need to, what do I need to bing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, not Google. Antarctica <laughs> face, uh, it's a giant megalithic structure being exposed by the due to the ice melting in Antarctica. And it's actually, you can go on Google Earth and locate this and find it. It kind of looks like the face on Mars, but it's covered in snow and it's like the snow's melting and revealing this giant face. 
quote. I'm not finding it. But have you guys ever seen the uh, it just you brought up Google Earth? And one of the things that just baffles me is that off of Malibu, which is close to where I'm from, actually, you can mm -hmm. look out into the water and you see these perfect columns and like ventilation system on the back. And you can see like what looks like a man-made structure. I, I think I've seen pictures of that actually. Yeah. It totally does. It's unbelievable. I'm not finding I'm not sure if, I, if I'm familiar with that. So it's not coming up. Oh, wait, I think I see. Is it on the side of like a glacier or is it? Uh, no, it's, it's just an um, overhead view. All right, I'm going to use evil, evil Google. <laughs> Unfortunately, Google's the best with pictures. So It's true. And it not sucks. only that, but I heard that DuckDuckGo and Bing both extract from Google anyway. So it's all just, oh, you so really don't have a matter. choice. Yeah. No, it's not on Google either. It's, it's, it had to have been scrubbed. Uh, oh my gosh. It's on Facebook. I mean, well, it's I, on our Facebook page. Uh, oh, Journey well, then I'll just Truth. go to your Facebook page. Yeah, if you go to the, our uh, Journey to the Truth. Just regular page, not the podcast. Oh, not page. even the, the group, right? Not the yeah. podcast page. Yeah, Journey yeah. to Truth group on Facebook. Well, I, we'll have to approve our friend request real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's a closed group. Um, really? Am I not? I thought I was. You might actually. I'm joined. Already, you are? Okay. Yeah, I'm joined. Oh, cool. Awesome. It's the one with the Great Awakening map at the top, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's it. All right. The podcast is actually named after that group. Obviously. <laughs> group first. Um, oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I started the group back in like September of last year. That's and funny. So Tyler and I started this podcast in February and we just went with that name. That's really cool. Yeah. We did I, I had a um like actually how I got into all of this was I started a, it, I was in this other big group and it kind of just turned into one day us talking about aliens and conspiracy theories. And it was kind of this thread that took over the entire group. So somebody was like, Hey, we should just make a conspiracy group. That's a, you know, um, kind of an offspring of this. And so I did, I made that, I ended up deleting it last year because somebody told me they were like, listen, if you've got something like that, you're putting those people at, at risk or whatever, because the things that we were talking in there, I don't know. So I just deleted it. <laughs> Probably should have <laughs> left it because what does it matter? Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Space. Well, that's why I kept my group as a closed group because I actually, I made it an open group for, for like a week and I, I started getting complaints by a few people that, um, they because they were liking and commenting on stuff and then they, people they, they can't didn't, handle it yeah all. certain people in their life were started attacking them or, or being like what is this and yeah. or like family members and stuff and and one of them reached out to me and was like hey can you go back can you make the group close again because i wasn't ready to be like outed <laughs> about this right stuff. and i was like oh i'm so sorry i, I didn't even i should have thought about that so I made it closed again and then, but then I get complaints all the time of like, I want to share this thing. Can you make it shareable? I'm like, well, I have to make, I, it's a closed group. So to do that, I have to make it open. And then, you know, then I have those. Well, there's, ways, there's ways to share it. If you just spend yeah. a couple minutes. I'm like, just go to the original post and you can share it from there for anything. So, so right. did, you, did you not see it on there, Kate, or not? I just found it. I just okay. found it. That is crazy. Right. So, and then there's information coming out. Now we're going to get a little crazy, but there's that, that uh, 
a channeled message that that came out with this saying that this is a Pleiadian face of they even named a being and and they said like in the crown of the actual structure is actually where they used to hold like council meetings and there was like UFO landing pads around it that are going to start to be revealed and blah 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 so if there's any validity to any of that I have no idea but it just makes you think makes you wonder because the face is clearly there so right definitely that is unmistakable god that's so crazy and and what do we hear from from Corey? the antarctica is going to be the first major disclosure and emory smith has been saying that the mother earth is going to reveal you know disclosure mother earth is going to be disclosure yeah Corey. i mean corey has been saying that the ets are going to basically forced disclosure by Antarctica because once the stuff, once it starts melting, it's going to reveal all the stuff that's hidden. And what are we seeing, right? It's already happening, you know, with this face. Yeah. And then we have to worry about though, because he said that, so what happened is there is ancient ET civilizations that existed there and currently underground are still ongoing, but even deeper than what we're going to be exposed to. And he says that the deep state, whoever it was, yeah, literally went in and removed all the original artifacts, replaced them with Smithsonian stuff, who knows, to, to basically create a false narrative. So they're trying to take away the ET aspect from it and just make, mm. make us think that it's just an old civilization that just predates what we are already known. So they're already like, trying to work on that yeah well didn't he say they're trying to so it's going to reveal like some ships or something and they're going to like they crashed a long time ago and they're not around anymore but we're the descendants from them and we're the you know the same bloodline and that's they're going to use that as their excuse to that's what it was divine right to rule which is what they've been using essentially but it's going to become out in the open at that point they're going to be like oh look we're related to them so we're they're um, they're just trying to use it as a huge ego boost yeah and um and also they're going to be like oh we're you know we did all this bad stuff we're sorry but hey look at all this cool stuff that we're revealing now (laughs) and use that as like distraction from the crimes yeah yeah and like right. a bargaining chip almost of like hey but we're giving you all this cool stuff and you know this technology now and um yeah it's not gonna work but that's that's essentially the agenda there it better not work it's like you don't have to <laughs> lie craig yeah. i swear though like you know people talk about how ancient aliens is uh which we'll call it like a limited hangout and whatever yeah. I yeah. really do think that it helps. It has helped more people wake up. Oh, know, it has. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like once you start down that path, I don't care. I don't care what they, what kind of narrative they try to throw at you. Once you open up people's minds to these kinds of things, you are like they're they're off in the world on their own. They're not going to necessarily fall for everything that you try to sell them. At one point, if your if your mind is open, mm-hmm. then. Um, I think basically they've uh, created a monster. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and I think the reason for that is they knew disclosures coming. They knew people are going to start waking up to this stuff 
So they're trying to get out ahead of it and be like, all right, it's going to happen. So let's like push really hard our agenda here and hope people kind of like fall in line with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're like, that's our only option at this point. So that's one, that's exactly what we've been seeing, you know, well, you've got to the stars Academy and all these mainstream kind of UFO are the big, these big UFO names that are pushing this one specific agenda. And and when you look at their connections, they have all these like cabal and like CIA and all these deep state kind of connections. John Podesta, Podesta yeah, and, and it's like there you go, you know. Podesta was even on an episode of Ancient Aliens at one point. And yeah, Two the Stars is just trying yeah. to turn, turn disclosure into a business. You know, they're they're in it for, you know, that's a total deep state operation. Yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. But Ancient Aliens, when it first came out. I I don't think it was I don't think it was I don't written. think it was originally that no exactly. I don't I think it was just they, it was they never even anticipated it going past the season I know that and they got such great reviews and such great ratings they ran with it and then eventually whenever David Wilcock wasn't invited back they just did the next season without even letting him know because he was one of the main faces. Yeah. yeah. And when they didn't invite him back, that's when they were compromised, essentially. Podesta and, yeah. And then just recently, they interviewed James Goland for Ancient Aliens and Peter Maxwell. But James... Yeah, they cut him out. <laughs> never made it into the episode. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding. Yeah. James was on the chat. So I don't know if you know, we were on his radio show just last Saturday. Yeah. Okay. That's I. That's awesome. I think I'm actually going to interview you. with him this next week. Actually, I think oh, no he probably way. they probably saw you posting about me after you guys posted about me, and then they contacted me this morning. But that's awesome. Yeah, that's oh, it, well, you're, well, sure. you're welcome. No, just joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Totally. <laughs> it, it would make sense, though. Yeah, it would make total but, sense. But yeah, James was on the chat on the live chat complaining about ancient aliens cutting them out of the episode. I'm sure. I mean, that guy's got better stories than anybody. And then you've got like Linda Moulton Howe, which by the way, I went to Alien Con last year in LA. Oh, did you? And yeah, she gave this nice. whole lecture on AI and how it was like already out there killing people and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, wow. I don't know what to make of her either, you know, but yeah, She's James partying. seems like, sorry. I was just gonna say she she is part of the Rockefeller Initiative if you're aware yeah. of that. So mm -hmm. she is one I of those heard that. unfortunately because I used to like her as well and then yeah I started seeing that I'm like yeah God like what is it how do they get these people is it just the money because you gotta you gotta think that they started off obviously with good intentions and really seeking the truth right I think yeah. so I think okay. so I think they get groomed into it and they get. Um, the DSA kind of may either they start on their own or they kind of get groomed and then they they're like hey we'll like support you in this if you keep going and you know um, right. and yeah like certain certain people I don't know I'm still on the fence about certain people but whenever you see whenever you start seeing ties to to the Rockefellers and the Clintons and um, yeah. Rothschild and like you really like if you're tied to those people in, in a way that you're like being backed by them or you're working with them like that's a red that's a huge red flag to me because Absolutely. they do not work with anyone that they can't control that isn't pushing their agenda 
And, totally. And every, every single every single person is circumstantial. So they might, they have a different technique or method with each, with each person. Just like you would try and w uh, wake somebody up or red pill somebody, you're going to gauge their character and then work with what they're giving you. So right. every, every scenario is different. There isn't one rule, like what, the, there isn't a certain guideline. I don't think they follow. I think it just whatever they can benefit from, from that person. Probably. Yeah. What about the new Bob Lazar thing? Because I haven't seen it, but I I remember Bob Lazar. Oh yeah. Eighties, like, the eighties movie where he like gets in a DeLorean, like it's just totally awesome. <laughs> and uh, but I'm hearing that this new thing, people are don't know what to make of him now, right? Oh, well, go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say he's. I mean, he's he legit. was one of the very first like UFO whistleblowers ever, really. Right. And, like as far as like an insider coming out um and he's i mean he's the one that put area 51 on the map even though he worked at s4 which was close to area 51 but it wasn't area mm -hmm. 51 but um yeah he came out in the late 80s just he said he came out basically as uh insurance like to save his life because he said um they were starting to uh like he was having like family issues and they thought he was in unstable and like they he thought he might get killed i guess so he he came out he didn't want to, he didn't want to come out he didn't want to be a ufo guy um but he basically came out and told his story and he got a lot of ridicule and a lot of people saying oh he's just making this up but then over the years um more and more stuff would come out to like confirm his story and to to prove that he was telling the truth yeah, and then he laid low for a long, long time because he got so much heat and he got so much, uh, so many attacks and and stuff. And he laid low for like twenty, twenty five years maybe, and then finally he just came out. Uh, and Jeremy Corbell created that documentary, just like kind of like retelling his story and reintroducing him to the public. And he's like saying the same. He's like still. He's like if he's lying he's been lying for that long to his family to everyone and for what reason like what exactly like, why would he not if he was lying back then why would he not after in laying low for that long come out and be like hey it was fun but i just made it all up you know it wasn't but no he's sticking to it and he's saying the exact same things and then showing all the evidence and proof that you know oh and good i am gonna right. watch it then and then him actually him actually going on Joe Rogan podcast was way yeah. better for is way better for the masses really because so many thousands of millions who knows how many viewers he has, and mm -hmm. he goes on the podcast and even convinces Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is even like after that he's on an airplane and took a picture out the window and he's like uh, just looking out the window thinking about Bob Lazar wondering what the fuck is actually out there, you know so. Yeah. <laughs> so that means all his people idolize him people look up to him so that means a lot of his listeners are going to start to question now so yeah it's not, it's not a bad thing uh it's definitely bob bob is the real deal i think yeah i mean exactly like what what did he have to gain if he would have been lying like did it make him cool? Did it make him a millionaire? No, it was like the yeah. opposite of those things. And it is a really good documentary, actually. It's it's very very well. 
In fact, well, he lost good. he lost his nice job because he came out. So it's like exactly. why that? Same with Corey Good. Same, Same with Corey Good. Everybody, they have to, it's a huge sacrifice to come forward. So totally, that was one of the one of my big I think red pilling moments was the um, another whistleblower that. Uh, what's his name, Ronald Bernard, he was yeah. the banker, yeah. he talked about how he was in, I mean, not only can you just hear his voice and his tears or whatever, but basically um, what he talks about, he's like, in my mind, I'm already dead anyway, so I need to talk about this, you know, it yeah. isn't about me anymore, they really did break him and um, scare him and all of that, but it, like, yeah, what did he have to gain by by saying that or making that public he had only everything to lose so yeah. he gets emotional telling his story i was gonna say not to mention he'd have to be an amazing actor to i mean yeah. <laughs> absolutely if he's faking that you know there's just absolutely just, that's one of the things i think that everybody should watch have you seen um, this might be a dumb question but have you seen above majestic yet? i have yeah okay uh -huh. so you do know you know pretty much about Corey somewhat then yeah I do know about Corey um like I said I or I don't know if I said but I would watch Jordan Sather and I know Jordan Sather would talk Corey's interview at least one of Corey's interviews on Edge of Wonder and um you know I have actually a friend who had a kind of an ex a similar experience to Corey Good as far as the age regression thing that he was talking about, like the 20 and back or whatever. Um, hers wasn't as long, but she was, you know, progressed in life. She actually had a kid and then woke up in her bed and it was like five years earlier and like the kid didn't exist and she just had a complete nervous breakdown. And um, wow. so, yeah. Wow. Crazy. Wow. And this, is a friend, this is a friend of yours? This is a friend of mine, yeah. Wow, has she come she, forward publicly? Um, no, she hasn't. I'm trying to think. She she does stuff in. She works towards uh, disclosure and stuff. She's do, she does her own thing. She doesn't talk about her own personal experiences very much. But if she did, I mean, she, that's that's like, that's like a minuscule thing compared to like some of the stuff that she has, but. I don't want to go into it too much because it's not my story, but it's it's compelling when you hear somebody you know and trust talk about these things happening because um, while I know of Corey and people I trust trust him, he's still somebody that I've never met before. And so uh, it's like anything else. You're just like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, that's a really interesting story. But when you hear somebody that you know tell mm -hmm. it to you, it has a completely different meaning. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Uh, just like somebody in uh somebody i know found what they call an exoskeleton of a tiny little creature um that could best be described as a fairy it sounds crazy but it's it's a legitimate uh exoskeleton of an un, undiscovered previously she's had it, she had it tested and everything else no one can no one knows what it is her and her sister found it a few days ago Oh my gosh! And maybe maybe more than a few days ago, but they actually knew where to go to take take it, and it's totally incredible. Like if I saw a Google image of it, I'd be like, "That's fake." Yeah, but I know I know her, and I know she's not bullshitting me. So right, yeah, mm -hmm. that's crazy. You know, it just made me think of this most random story, but I but this is kind of interesting. 
Jay Leno, a long, long, long time ago, I remember told this story about when he was a kid, there were, you know, in the back of comic books, you could order away for these things. You could like save up and whatever. And you send away for like a decoder ring or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he said he sent away for something called a uh, monkey in a teacup. And it came to his house and to hear him talk about it. I mean, obviously he's telling it on his story and everybody's laughing at him or whatever, but he talks about how he opened this thing up and it was like a little human being, like a monkey kind of looking human being, but teeny, teeny, tiny, an actual living thing. It jumped out and ran out the door. <laughs> so like, I don't know if that's like, if it's uh, yeah. the way he told it, it sounded like it was a real story. He's like, I still to this day, don't know what it was. Um, but it was, that's just a weird thing to think about. Like this would have been back in the, 50s or 60s probably and yeah what was that thing <laughs> it was a monkey in a teacup duh. Was yeah a <laughs> <laughs> it was a tiny monkey yeah that is so, that's actually wild like it, that had that had me very intrigued just thinking about that well so i went to see his show being taped like maybe 10 years after he's told this story on his uh on his show and I went to go see something being taped. I was in the audience and before the show started, they were taking questions. And I actually asked him about that. I was like, a long time ago, you told this story about this monkey in a teacup. Do you remember what it was? And it was his reaction that really left an impression on me. It was almost like, he was like, I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I remember the weirdest stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, he didn't find it so funny. You know, it was weird. It was his reaction to that was kind of weird. He wasn't like, oh yeah, that old thing. It was almost like he was startled by me asking. Well, because so, now if he tells that story now, maybe or whenever you asked him, like it might sound, it might make him sound crazy. And he's, right. he yeah. built himself an image, and he has to, he has to maintain uh, his reputation. So yeah. Like, oh yeah, some little creature. People will be like, okay, is he crazy? You know. And I know. So you just have, I don't know. There's crazy shit happens all the time. Well, that's why a lot of people that have had encounters and experiences, they don't, a lot of them haven't never told anyone about it because they're like, I don't, people are going to think I'm crazy. Right. So, you know, even their own family sometimes, or, the, or maybe they'll only tell their family or one, or their wife or husband, or, but no one else. Yeah. Right. Years and years later, when they're like, "Oh, I, this happened so long ago," and I'm finally telling people about yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because Go ahead. the reaction of people, people are so programmed that with a giggle factor with anything aliens or or even paranormal or whatever, it's like it's so it's been so stigmatized in our society that people have a hard time just coming out about it. Yeah. People are like, "Oh, you're you're seeing there? things or whatever." I have, you know, <laughs> I have something else too, like on top of my blue orb thing. I have something that I see actually a lot and it, it like, it almost looks like a little spider thing that's in my bedroom. And I, again, never told really anybody about it other than my mom, but then actually a friend that I made just in the last year posted something about, she saw it too. She saw something like that and she posted about it on Facebook and I was like, whoa, that's really weird. 
Um, but yeah, you don't want to go around telling people that you see like, you know, 20 legged spiders in your, <laughs> in so your I, bedroom. They're like, yeah, Kate, cool. That's really interesting you say that because I just, I just recently was looking into this spider thing that lots of people see. And really? It, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's not, if it, I'm not trying to scare you, but what I was looking into is it's something that you want to try and get cleared that means it, it, it's essentially harnessing some type of negative energy and uh or it, it thrives off negative energy so uh. interesting like this this is something that i've seen many times actually probably since my you know since like the last 20 years i've probably seen it over 30 times i'm gonna say that i can remember and it's usually right when i wake up I know it's not my eyes playing tricks on me because I can like move around and it doesn't move with me, you know, no. typically it's above my head and it really does feel like, um, you know, it moves with intention, but it's also very fluid and it almost seems like a, like a robot, you know, like it's busy. It's like busy doing work. Mm -hmm. um, and then I recently saw one that was a little bit different that was like on the floor in my bedroom. But usually, typically, it's like right when I wake up, I see it above my head. And one time my dog actually barked at it. So I know I wasn't the only one seeing it. Um, I'll, yeah, see if like, I can, I'll see if I can find what I, what I found on and I'll send it to you and, and maybe you can, it, it might not even be the same thing. I have no idea, just, uh, but that's crazy. That's yeah. totally crazy. My dog has barked at stuff too that I, that I knew was there and that confirmed to me that that it wasn't just me yeah 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 i would love to know what it was you know it was it was a it's a difference um when i had that blue orb experience i really did get a sense from this thing that it was um there was almost like a maternal energy that i was relaxed and calm even though i was seeing this blue thing like above my face when i was a kid um but the second I started to get scared, I felt this almost like, oh, no, no, you know, I don't, I don't want to scare you from it, which is interesting because it doesn't have a face and it's not saying anything to me. And I don't think I was picking up anything telepathically. So I don't know how I was getting that impression, but I definitely was. It was like a, it was like a maternal energy. Yeah. Um, this thing, I don't really know what I get. I'm not hey. a very in tune person. <laughs> hey, guys, I hate to, I hate to cut this off, but. Apparently there's a tornado warning here. Oh no! Okay. So I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> well. Oh my goodness. All right. I gotta get in the basement. I yeah. Apparently. Aaron, okay. Be, be safe. A, don't be a chicken, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's weird. Well, I had a tornado dream last night. Anyway. Oh really? Be safe. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. Sorry to cut this short. Um, uh, make sure you tune in next time. I don't know what to say. I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready Thanks either. On, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. You go, uh, go be safe. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Be careful, Aaron. Will do. Way to end on a cliffhanger. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.